Today, let's talk a little bit about Litecoin, the little fast engine that could clarify a little bit on Leo, which I talked about in my last video and a lot more. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Crypto Bobby. I hope you are having a great day, great night, wherever you are watching or listening in Perum. And yeah, today, let's talk about Litecoin because it has been absolutely ripping, ripping up from the 2019 bottom at around $25, $30. And a lot of you guys know, I've talked about it before. I'm not a huge fan personally, personally of Litecoin. I don't own any. I certainly wish I did right now. But I want to talk about what's going on with the pump. And I think maybe take a, take a little bit of the curtain off of some of the misconceptions, I believe, around what happens with halvings and issues with supply reduction in cryptocurrency. Also want to kind of re-clarify a little bit on Leo. If you guys follow me on Twitter, I've been joking around quite a bit about it. Some of you guys might think I'm serious. Some of you guys might not, but I do have a bag in it right now and it has been doing well. And I want to talk about why I still think it is, is really interesting, regardless of your just general thoughts and kind of paint the high level picture as to why I built a position and why I plan on holding it for the at least medium term. Now, before we hop into today's episode, want to give a shout out to my friends over at Lolly who have sponsored this episode. If you're not familiar with Lolly, you're probably living under a rock, but basically it is the easiest way right now to earn literally free Bitcoin. All you have to do is add the Lolly extension to your Chrome browser. And then when you shop at a variety of their partner merchants, whether it's Adidas, Banana Republic, Best Buy, uh, Bonobos, Booking.com, you can literally book large trips and earn Bitcoin back with it. I've been using them for a while. I have 50 bucks in Bitcoin thanks to shopping at Bonobos and also uh, at QuickBooks as well. But I would highly recommend you check it out. It literally doesn't cost you anything and you can shop as you normally would and earn Bitcoin back instead of the nothing that you would typically earn back. So it's a pretty awesome way to stack sats and enjoy your shopping a little bit more. Go to cryptobobby.com slash lolly to get started with it. So I've tweeted and talked about this a bit before, but one of my big thoughts, and I think one thing that in many cases can kind of kickstart the much famed, the much ballyhooed alt season is the Bitcoin transaction fees or the, the rise of Bitcoin transaction fees. And what we have here, if you are watching on YouTube, if you're listening on the podcast, I have a chart up of the average, excuse me, the median transaction fee in USD for Bitcoin versus the price of Litecoin, both on the same chart. And over the course of this is year to date from January 1st, 2019 to today, they have both risen pretty simultaneously. Now there's, there's definitely not a direct correlation, but the one thing that I think is interesting is when the average or median Bitcoin transaction fee, both of which have increased pretty substantially, when those move upwards, what typically happens is, at least in my mind, a lot of the cheaper cryptocurrencies to transact in start to rally and start to kind of move very heavily. And why does that happen? I think it is a really easy narrative for a lot of people to grab onto when you are very new to the cryptocurrency space. When you are looking at this and you're saying to yourself, you know what, I want to transact in Bitcoin because everybody talks about Bitcoin, but I don't want to pay a $3 transaction fee. I don't want to pay a $5 transaction fee to send money in Bitcoin. What else do I use? Well, maybe I can use Litecoin. Maybe I can use XRP. 
Maybe I can use Bitcoin Cash, whatever it might be. And those that just kind of thought process, I think, is very easily digestible for a lot of people and helps to kind of spur a, a positive movement in the price of a lot of those cryptocurrencies. And on the counter end to that, though, when you look at transaction speed and fees, I think it is a long term losing competition to Bitcoin. I think at some point in time, Bitcoin security and its Bitcoin security will be able to rise to the point where the innovation on the scaling will eventually catch up. But in the near term, that doesn't matter. I don't think many people in the cryptocurrency industry, because of the nature of the industry, it's 24-7, 365, the price is always moving. People don't care about what might happen two years out, five years out. They want to know what happens now. They want to see what transaction fee they're going to pay for now. And you can see somewhat of a correlation. Granted, it's not absolutely correlated, but you can see somewhat of a correlation here between the rise of Litecoin's price and the rise of the median and average Bitcoin transaction fee. Now, another thing worth noting, and this is a really common phrase that people like to talk about on Twitter is, you know, it's it's priced in. This, this news event is priced in. X, X thing in the future is priced in. How do you know it is? How do you know it's not? And Litecoin's halving is coming up and we have the countdown literally on the computer right now. 54 days, 11 hours, and as of the time of recording this, 27 minutes. And there were a lot of people, I think, previously that looked at what was happening with Litecoin and saying, you know what, the halving's priced in already, the halving's priced in. Well, apparently it wasn't yet, and it might not still be fully priced in. And people still point to Bitcoin right now, and they say, they point to Bitcoin, which has its halving like 12 months out or so, whatever it might be, and they say, you know, the, the Bitcoin halving is already priced in. It's like, we're months and months out from the Bitcoin halving. How do you have any idea if it is priced in already? And I think that is just kind of a, in my mind, it's a little bit of a, a stupid argument when you're looking at something, you're saying, you know, it's priced in, it's priced in. Maybe some people are talking about it, but is the entire industry talking about it? Is the entire bag holder group of, of, of Litecoiners talking about it? Maybe, maybe not. But it is something that you definitely want to look at and think about. And also when somebody does say, hey, it's priced in, evaluate it yourself. Don't take everything at face value because that is not always the case. And, and in my opinion, not always true. And I've also talked about this before. And this was specifically a tweet about Litecoin on April 6th. And it's done quite well since then. And again, I have no position long or short in Litecoin. But this is something, and it can apply to every other cryptocurrency out there. Some people might say, hey, when I look at this and, and I, sh I personally shorted Bitcoin Satoshi's vision, BSV, uh, they might apply that to this, but I had different reasoning for it. But I said, you can tell who is still short Litecoin for the complaints of it lacks my fundamentals. It's one of the most replaceable cryptocurrencies out there, in my personal opinion. That doesn't mean it won't pump to the high heavens. Cryptocurrency, this industry as a whole, a lot of times there is not a rhyme or reason behind it. It might not confirm your own biases. It might not you know, hold what you want to see. It might not have the type of fundamentals that you want. And it might be, in my opinion, something that is incredibly replaceable over the course of a few years. Doesn't mean it won't go up substantially. Doesn't mean people won't make a ton of money on it. Also doesn't mean people might make a ton of money up on paper and then ride it all the way back down again like they probably will at some point in the future. And as you guys might have seen from the last video I made, I talked about why I opened up a position in Leo uh, and I bought OTC at $1.49. I have not sold any yet, which may or may not be a dumb decision, but you know, hey, we're going to find out. So I bought Leo 
which is Unis said Leo at a dollar and 49 cents is up to about a dollar 96 dollar 97 right now it's been moving substantially and I wanted to talk a little bit about why I think this is a really interesting cryptocurrency and it's not even really a cryptocurrency it's basically a a faux equity a faux stock but the token economics behind it are, are literally one of the most kind of pumpable ways you can approach a cryptocurrency and it really is crazy to think about and there are a lot of debates around the usability of this or not even the usability but there's there's a lot of debates because I've been shilling it jokingly but not so jokingly on Twitter uh, a lot of people have and then there are a lot of people who are getting mad by the level of conversation about Leo on Twitter so for, first we'll talk about the negatives on this and then we'll look at the positives because if I start here talking about the positives you guys are going to say I'm an idiot whatever it might be but let's talk about the, the negatives here first so when you look at and we'll pull up the white paper as a whole but when we look at what Leo is it was the IEO for Bitfinex Bitfinex is in many respects a I would say disliked or or even hated exchange in the United States in uh, many parts of the world. It is not portrayed well in the U.S. Uh, the New York Attorney General's office has gone after Bitfinex. There are kind of active, basically active investigations into Bitfinex. It is a company that has a, in many ways, not a great reputation in the cryptocurrency world. The other thing I've seen a lot of people complaining about is the market cap or the high market cap of this coin, of this token, uh, and that's because there was a billion Leo offered during the token sale. And right now the, the price is just shy of $2. So you can look at this uh, and the market cap is essentially $2 billion, which makes this one of the top 20 cryptocurrencies uh, in, in the world right now. However, the mechanics of how Leo's structured is what's interesting to me and why I'm looking at it as a speculative, speculative asset. And I'm not looking at this and saying Bitfinex is going to take over the world. Um, I'm not looking at this and saying it is going to be the next Bitcoin. I'm looking at this solely from the perspective of I would like to make money off of this at some point in time. And I already have on paper. On paper doesn't matter. But I'm looking at this and I'm thinking to myself, this is a very interesting speculative crypto asset. And the reason for that being is, is multiple. So number one, Bitfinex basically took exactly what Binance has done with the BNB token and in many ways made it better. What did Binance do with the BNB token? Well, they enacted uh, discounts for trading fees. They basically made it a kind of a, a trading exchange network token where you get multiple advantages to holding their token, including participating in IEOs on the BNB platform, or excuse me, on the Binance platform with BNB. Now, one of the interesting things that Binance also did was they burn tokens based upon their revenue as a uh, revenue as a, as a company. However, what Binance does is they did an ICO where they had a token allocation to the team where it was maybe 30% or so. I don't recall off the top of my head, but basically Binance owns a portion of the outstanding tokens and they burn those tokens at a specific rate based upon the profits that they bring in. And those are not from the open market. So Binance isn't going out and buying those tokens on the open market. They're taking the amount that they own out of circulation and burning those tokens. On the other end of the spectrum, the really interesting aspect for Leo is that what they're gonna do on a monthly basis is literally buy back Leo 
from the open market. And that is going to be at a minimum of 27% of their gross revenue. That's gross revenue. That's not profit. That is gross revenue. That is a company that did more than 400 million of that in 2018. And the reason I think that's really interesting is because imagine the buy pressure. When you look at that, there is a legitimate buy pressure in the market on a consistent basis from a profitable entity buying up uh, a an allocation of those tokens to burn. And then they plan on burning the tokens to zero is, is the stated goal, which Binance is actually stopping at a thir certain threshold. Leo plans to buy back as much of the tokens out of the market until it hits zero, which who knows if uh, Bitfinex will actually be back or be around in the market that long. I have no clue, but that is the stated goal. Now, interesting as, as well with this is there are two other things that from a game theory perspective, a lot of people are pricing into the token of Leo. Number one is this really was done to recover the funds that were lost from crypto capital, which was the shady, shoddy payment processor that Bitfinex and a lot of the cryptocurrency industry relied on. Long story short, Bitfinex used this company, Crypto Capital, and had about $800 million with them. Well, Crypto Capital was operating uh, in illegal manners and had that money seized by multiple governments. So that money that is supposed to be Bitfinex's is held up by Crypto Capital. Now, Bitfinex is going through the legal system in those jurisdictions where that money is held up, but they hope to recover those funds, those eight, that $800 million. If Bitfinex, and this is a big, big if, but if Bitfinex were to ever recover those funds, that $800 million or any portion of that $800 million from crypto capital, they're taking 95% of those funds and they are buying back Leo with that because this token itself was made and built to essentially recover the funds from that. And then lastly, Bitfinex had a massive, massive hack in 2017. And if the funds are ever recovered from that Bitcoin hack, what they can do is they're going to repurchase and burn outstanding Leo tokens up of at least 80% of the amount of the recovered funds. So when you look at this, there is three different types of buy pressure that are on the Leo token that can increase the price, most likely if supply and demand stays equal. You have iFinex or Bitfinex basically buying back Leo tokens at 27% of their gross revenues on a monthly basis. Then you have two maybe subtle possibilities, but they will be priced in by game theorists, by speculators of if the crypto capital funds ever get recovered, those are those funds are buying back Leo tokens. And if the fund from funds from the Bitfinex hack in 2016 ever get recovered, those are also going to buy back Leo tokens. So there is potentially a very large amount of buybacks that are happening with the Leo token. One of the things that I think is, is really interesting in the long run is actually the distribution of the Leo tokens as well. There are a lot of ICOs and a ton of, of token sales that have happened recently and gotten absolutely crushed. And one of the big reasons that they've gotten crushed is because they've had all these pre-sale investors that have incredibly low uh, cost averages. Like let's say the, the pre-sale investors get in at 10 cents and the token launches at $1. Well, those pre-sale investors are, are taking profit from day one and forcing the price all the way down and providing a ton, a ton of sell pressure. Now with the Bitfinex Leo token, every single investor bought in at 
Granted, I was not an investor at a dollar. I'd be happy if I was, but every single investor got in at a dollar. So while there's a lot that could be said around Bitfinex and a lot of the, the shadiness that they've done, the actual distribution of the token was pretty fair for everybody that got in. It was $1 regardless of kind of the size and, and all that component. So you have a very flat, very even distribution of a dollar, which also keeps the sell pressure at a pretty, I would say, normal rate. You're not having a ton of sell pressure below a certain rate. And the distribution itself was was rather equal or fair. You don't have all these tiered layers of pre-sale discounts that are hammering the market every time uh, things go haywire. So something else to consider there for me. And with this, by no means is this an instruction of any kind to buy Leo at all. As always, I'm not a registered financial advisor. This shit is not financial advice. However, I like to give my opinion on things. That's why I have a YouTube channel. And I like to provide my thought process as to doing something. And when I look at this, and I also look at Litecoin as well, which I do not own. Uh, but when you look at the halving coming up, when you look at reductions in supply in cryptocurrency, it's incredibly interesting. And it has a very, very large impact on the price of many of these assets. It is one thing that I think gets overlooked time and time and again, are the emission schedules of these cryptocurrencies. When you look at something like a Zcash, there's a reason Zcash has lost value against Bitcoin for freaking ever because the inflation rate is like massive. There's a reason Grin was on a straight shot down to hell. There's a reason a lot of these ICO tokens have gone down and down and down because there is more sell pressure than there is buy pressure because presale investors got in incredibly early and have been taking profit all the way down and punishing those people that got in early. When you look at the process and the potential of something like a Litecoin having or a Bitcoin having, where you're reducing the supply from miners coming onto the market, that is heavily important. That's highly important. When you're looking at something like Binance burning their tokens or Leo burning their tokens, that is super, super freaking bullish. There are not many cryptocurrencies, if any, out there where a profitable entity is going and reducing the supply of those assets. It's freaking simple supply and demand that any bozo learned in high school. So it's something that I'm keeping an eye out on. Also keeping an eye out on the risks as well, because there are risks with all these assets. They are very, very risky, especially one that is tied to a centralized company. And if you look as much as I think the bullish or the token economics for something like Leo and even for BNB, as much as I think the token economics are incredibly bullish, when I do look at it, there are also incredible risks associated with that because you are relying on a centralized company. And if that centralized company gets shut down, poof, there goes your money. So something to absolutely keep in mind moving forward here. Again, I would love to hear your thoughts on this. What are your thoughts on what's happening with Litecoin? What's your thoughts on Leo? Am I an idiot? Or is this something where, hey, the token economics around this are actually interesting and impressive and you think it might go up in value as well who knows would love to hear your thoughts on that if you are new to the youtube channel by any chance make sure to hit that subscribe button and the like button as well shout out to all the folks listening on the podcast and our sponsor today lolly so head over to cryptobobby.com slash lolly to earn bitcoin back when you are shopping almost anywhere freaking almost anywhere on the internet thanks so much for your time crypto bobby sent out have a good one peace